Hi, and welcome to the Finding the Magic podcast. This podcast is all about books and authors who create them. This is season one, episode 19. Today I have guest author L.B. Carter joining me. L.B. and I met at Roanoke Author Invasion. I picked up her book and was hooked. Now she has four fantasy series and 13 books. Would you loan your soul to the devil? Listen in as L.B. describes her Lone Soul series as well as other books. Hi, LB. Welcome to the Finding the Magic podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited to see you. I think it's been, what, two or three years since we met at Roanoke? Oh, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that was your first time at Roanoke Author Invasion, correct? Yes, yes that is right. It was my first time and it was uh, very exciting and you were helpful in showing me the ropes. Yeah, and I couldn't believe it when I saw you publish 13 books because I think at that time you had only published two or three and I was like, wow, this woman is super amazing. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm slow going, so <laughs> I appreciate that photo confidence. No, 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 not at all. I can't, and you're a little bit like me because we both have those science backgrounds and we both do technical writing for our job, but then we have this other half of our brain, I guess. <laughs> How does that work for you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that sort of was sort of what pushed me to actually start writing fiction. I had always been an avid reader of fiction and you know, interested in creative writing when I was little, but then college, I got sidetracked by the science thing. And then reading became kind of a homework or like a chore, reading textbooks or studies. Um, so I sort of picked up reading again in grad school as like a break, a mandatory brain break in the evenings. Um, and it occurred to me, why, why couldn't I combine both? I got really interested in science communications in my, uh, um, my regular work. And I was like, well, one way to reach out to people about science is to turn it into a fiction book. You know, that's the whole different audience than scientists normally reach. So that's why my first series is actually um, a little bit on the science side, thinking about um, what would happen with natural disasters um, in a future earth that might be more more of a run of natural disasters than we are today kind of like you know the day after tomorrow or something similar um, so it actually kind of compelled me to to write when I might not have otherwise so it's yeah but it is yeah. definitely a different style of writing so kind of have to switch brains like you said right that is super cool I have that book it's called Siren's Call right is that, am I right about that? Yeah, I changed the name though. Oh. <laughs> it's now called Hope Drowned. Um, I realized that the uh, as soon as you put siren on the title, people expect a siren <laughs> instead of, uh, you know, the mythical siren, so, um, which it does not have. So it's, it, I changed it to Hope Drowned to better convey kind of a dystopian feel. It was a very interesting book. I liked the, how you melded the little bit of dystopian future and environmental awareness into the book. Thanks. Yeah, it was uh, interesting to try to craft together. And I did try to keep it somewhat scientifically accurate. So that was kind of fun for me. That is fun. I love doing research for my books. Do you do a lot of research for your books as well? 
Uh, a little bit. Mostly I like to rely on people. So I'll, I'll contact people I know who have expertise in various things rather than trusting Google. <laughs> these oh, that days. is super cool. Do you put all that, all your contacts in the back of your book so people know where to find yeah. them? Yep. Yes, exactly. If you read all of my acknowledgments at the back, it's got all of the experts in there. Oh, that's really neat. That's really interesting. I haven't talked to anyone who's done that. So did Hope Drowns become a series? It did. Yes. I turned that into a trilogy. Um, it's a complete trilogy now. And um, that was, yeah, my first, that was my first series, which was a young adult kind of dystopian. And since then I've kind of branched out and now I tend to focus more on new adult, adult urban fantasy. Um, so I, that first one is a little bit different than the rest of my books, but still has, uh, you know, the quirks and style of my writing. Fun. So tell me about your other book. Uh, so after the first trilogy that I wrote, I then wrote Lo the Lone Soul series, which is um, an adult I call it a paranormal fiction. Um, it's a little bit of an urban fantasy, paranormal romance mix, mix up. And uh, the premise of that one is uh, instead of the usual idiom of selling your soul to the devil, you can loan your soul to the devil. So uh, in this world, you can do a little short stint where you loan your soul for a short time. And in the meantime, souls already in hell will take over your body and keep it running while your soul is gone. Um, but I, uh, so that's kind of the premise of that one. It was a lot of fun to write. And that one is a four book series. Um, and there's a free novella that readers can get if they sign up to my newsletter um, within that world. And then after that, I switched to, I've got a kind of a werewolf and witch uh, new adult series that I'm writing. Uh, two books are out, the third is in progress. And um, that one kind of plays a lot with uh, witch lore and historical, um, like the historical witch, witch trials in England. Um, and the other one that I'm in the midst of is a co-write that I'm working on with a author friend of mine. Um, we found each other because we just have very similar styles of writing. So we decided a collaboration made sense and we both really like dark mythology. So that one became the harbingers of death and uh, it's about a banshee and uh, a whole bunch of other death omens. And that one we're also working on book three. So couple things going on at the moment. Um, and I think that, and I guess I have a standalone, which is a uh, mystery thriller, but um, that one's sort of different from my other books as well. You have been super, super busy. That's so exciting. <laughs> I'm interested. So I love the witch floor piece because I like kind of rewriting history as well and making it a little bit fantasy. I did that in the kingdom of Sam where I wove the vampires in. Well, we have, I have one witch that becomes a friend to the vampires, but he escaped the witch trials in Salem after his mother was killed, but he escaped. So um, yeah, I kind of wove that in there with all that. Oh, that's stuff. perfect. Yeah, that's pretty much what I did as I kind of wove in a bunch of witches who escaped the trials in England. So um, that's fun. <laughs> and I'm so interested. Okay, so what are these 
soul from hell doing in your body? I mean, it seems like if you loan your soul to the devil, you would get to have fun with your body, right? Or what is the purpose of that? Yeah. So if um, it's the people who are alive are loaning their soul, so their soul goes to hell and then the soul that's already in hell. So it belongs to someone who's deceased gets to come play on earth for a little bit. So they kind of get a little uh, teaser of what life, uh, you know, a little teaser back at a chance at life. Um, but their job is they're very uh, strictly under the devil's guidance. They must abide by his rules, which are keep everything running like normal and don't give any of the humans any sign that anyone, that anything fishy is going on, you know, that there is a different soul in that body. So uh, essentially they're required to act exactly like the other soul. Um, and that's sort of where things get topsy-turvy in the series is um, my main character, Darcy Rose, uh, goes on a normal substitution stint where she pops into a body to take over for a little while, but uh, she's missing all of the information about the body she's supposed to be taking over. So she doesn't know how to act right. And uh, in so doing basically has to figure out what to do to not, to not uh, anger the devil, <laughs> bring about his wrath. That is super interesting. So do the people choose to go to hell for that little stint? And why do they, is that part of the story? Why do they? Yeah. Do the, so the reason, I mean, it's similar to the same, same way you would sell your soul to the devil. The reason that they're loaning their soul is they get a little bonus when they get back in their body. So, you know, a promotion or they get a new house, they win the lottery, some okay. kind of little, little machination that the, the devil has put his hands in to make happen. Okay. And do they get like a less worse time when they eventually go to hell? <laughs> you know that I haven't thought that far. <laughs> I'm like, okay, is There's... there any like in like? Yeah, I'll have to think more about that. I mean, I like to keep some mysteries in my world instead of explaining everything so that the reader can kind of imagine what they want to. I haven't gone that far. So if I read any more in that series, maybe I'll have to think about that. <laughs> yeah, that, that's an interesting premise. That is super fun. I have several questions to ask you. I'm going to look at my notes. Yeah, sounds good. Okay, so it sounds like you may be a little bit more of a pantser when you're writing. Is that true from <laughs> what you're telling me? <laughs> oh, yeah, very, very true. Um, I have tried many times, many different methods to outline and plot, and they all go horribly. Either it just stifles my muse, like I have to, if I have to stick to that plot line, then I'll get stuck and I can't figure something out. Um, or um, the way I like, the way I've described how I write before is if once I'm in the, in the, in the groove, my fingers are more transcribing what I see in my head than, uh, you know, intentionally writing it is sort of how it happens. Um, it always, it feels like my fingers are almost like a beat behind what's actually going on in the scene. Um, so if I, and if I try to try to flip that, nothing happens. And because I'm sort of following what I see in my head, it doesn't always go how I think it's going to. Something will happen that'll change the scene or a character will act differently than I expect. Um, so if I, if I try to plot, then uh, I'm never gonna end up at the ending that I planned on anyway, because something's derailed it. I've gone way off. Uh, most of my books never end how I think they're going to. So uh, it's kind of, 
kind of makes it fun for me writing it because I'm basically reading to myself. I'm sort of following the story as if I've never read it before the same way a reader might. Um, so yes, pantsing is definitely the, the way that I go. And I usually start my books with the opening scene. I know some author or authors describe it as like they know where they want to end up and then they have to figure out how to get the characters there. My ideas are always at the beginning. Um, and then I'm basically following it like everybody else. So yeah, <laughs> it's always yeah, that's interesting definitely for me. How I wrote my first series, although I, do, I didn't know where I eventually wanted to end up, but I just uh -huh. didn't know any of the scenes in between. Yeah. Um, and I was just talking to another author about this this morning. They were like, yeah, I'm not motivated. It's not going well. And I was like, you know what? The fun part of me, the fun part of writing for me is creating those scenes and and when I already know what I want to write, it's not as fun to write. It. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I don't get inspired to do it. Like if I have everything written out, like it's just like, oh, this is work to have to write it down after I already thought of it. Um. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's a good way to describe it. It is kind of like work. It's it's like you don't want to have to look at your notes and then type up what you're reading. That seems like a job. <laughs> yeah. You really want to just let it flow. Yeah. 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 Of course, sometimes. Yeah, it is. But I think then what happens is you get to edit, right? So you can like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, my first two books, all the first two that were supposed to be just two books were like 200,000 words. And I guess 100,000, I mean, but they ended up being like 75,000 words each. So like 50,000 <laughs> words got cut out of there because it was just like I was writing more like a screenplay. Mm. And yeah. Yeah, but I, that was before I really even knew how to write. So. Yeah, 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 definitely. That it changes over time for sure. Each book is a little different, huh? <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, what are your favorite authors when you're reading? What do you like to read? Uh, I like to write what I like to read. So, um, I, I tend to, I do tend to go through different phases, but mostly I stick to urban fantasy, paranormal romance, usually on the less heavy on the romance side. Um, but I, I do like to mix it up occasionally. So I'll do an occasional contemporary romance or mystery or thriller. Um, and let's see, favorite authors. Um, Patricia Briggs is a huge favorite of mine. She's an urban fantasy author. And I actually got to meet her once, once which was very exciting. Um, and that was <laughs> the one time I brought my um, boyfriend with me to a book event. And I told him it would be totally normal, nothing weird. And then uh, they started the book event and said, okay, well, we're not going to get Patricia out here until everybody howls at the ceiling uh, because she writes werewolf books. So uh, he gave me quite a look and he was like, I'm not howling at the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, which I don't blame him. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Um, yeah. So Patricia Riggs is a favorite. Um, uh, Jennifer L. Armantrout, pretty much all of her books. They were sort of the first books I read in grad school that got me back into reading. Um, and I've met her a few times, which has been really exciting. She's a big inspiration. And recent, my most recent new favorite author is Annette Marie. She also writes urban fantasy. And I've just started listening to all of her audiobooks. And uh, Prime Day, I bought all of them. So <laughs> I'll be able to keep myself busy for a while. <laughs> Very fun. Y'all have to look her up. I, I haven't, don't know that. Annette Marie. She's great. Yeah, they're, hers are uh, mostly demon books. So, oh, okay. Along the line of my my Lone Soul series. 
Very cool. I'm so impressed that you could even read in grad school. When I, I mean, in college, I didn't read. In grad school, I didn't read because I, I mean, I was just, but I was like really focused. I yeah. got up at 5 a.m. and went to the lab and worked till 10 p.m. and that's all I did. It was pretty sad. <laughs> I sort, yeah, I sort of had to force myself. I, you know, it was mainly a way to keep stress down. I said, you know, after 5 p.m., no touching that, you know, do something else. And so if I, you know, I didn't really have a whole lot else to do when I first started grad school. I hadn't made any friends yet, moved to a new area. So um, books became my my form of, of occupation, just keeping me busy <laughs> between lab hours. <laughs> well, good for you. Yeah, I'm glad that you did that. Yeah. I did read, uh, after I finished grad school, I read, um, yeah, I had never read um, J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings. So I read all of those and I read The Hobbit and oh, nice. all of those. And that's when I really got started enjoying fantasy. So that's awesome. Yeah. So tell me what you want your readers to get out of your book. What do they experience or what do you hope they experience from your book? Uh, I am not a to market writer. I like to write whimsical stories that come to me. I like to be kind of unique and different. Um, so what I hope my readers take away from that is some is, is just that something different, something fresh, something unique. Um, I don't want to be another book that they just kind of toss on the pile and forget all about because it's exactly like all the other books. Um, uh, my, my partner calls them candy. Sometimes if you're, if you're, you know, just reading book after book after book, you just like pop one in, it's a quick, short read. And then you just kind of move on to the next one without really thinking about it. So I like to give my readers a little more to chew on, something to think about, give them maybe a twist or a take on, on life that they didn't expect or think about. Um, and then I do like to stick a little bit to my science roots and give them a little information. I personally like to learn from everything that I do. So I try to give some information or knowledge that they can take away as well. Um, but that's all, I mean, I feel like that's changing all the time too. I like to ask my readers what they, what they think of my books um, and see what, what they're enjoying and what they're not enjoying. Um, and, and most of the time they do like the uniqueness. So um, not that I'm going to change that, but <laughs> it's good to know that, that they like what I like as well. <laughs> yeah, definitely a fresh eye or a fresh take on a genre like the switching the demon souls um, or is and it sounds like you do a lot of world building as well. Yeah, I, I think that's part of the reason I like urban fantasy is I like to kind of take contemporary lifestyle that we're in now and then just kind of mess with it a little bit to add a twist or add something that we think, you know, we might not notice and be like, well, what if it means this? Or what if it's actually magic doing this? Um, and kind of kind of play with it. So yeah, I like, I like to kind of build out rather, I'm not, I don't like to build straight from scratch, you know, high fantasy, but I like to build on top of what's already there. Very cool. It sounds like a lot of fun. What is your favorite part of being an author? Oh gosh, there's, <laughs> there's a lot. There's, there's a lot of hardships definitely, but I think the, the readers is my favorite part. I'd never really expected anyone to actually read my books. <laughs> when I wrote the first one, I was, mostly just like I, I had this idea and I was talking about it with a few um, indie author friends that I had made whose books I'd read and they were like well you should write it and I was like what no I'm not a writer and they're like just yeah no just you can be an indie author too 
and uh, they kind of encouraged me to go for it. And I, I knew my mom would buy it, you know, <laughs> but I never expected that I would get others um, to read my words and enjoy them, um, you know, actually appreciate them. So every time I hear from a reader, it's, it's exciting all over again. And it's really heartwarming to know that, you know, I'm adding something to their life, maybe giving them something fun or entertaining for a little while. That's really cool. That's one of my favorite parts too. I love interacting and talking to readers. I would never forget this one reader I talked to at a sci-fi, and actually in Denver, the Mile High Con, um, it's mm-hmm. in October, and it's a fantasy and sci-fi con, but literally he talked to me for vampires about 30 minutes. <laughs> and like the Northern vampires, the Southern vampires, and how they were all different. And I was like, oh my goodness, can I write everything you say down right now? It was so cool. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. And I was like, well, my vampires are like this. And he was like, wow, that's different from everybody else. And I was like, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. See, yeah. The readers are great. They get it. (laughs) And it's also fun to talk to other authors too, but that's sort of why I started that um, co-writing gig I mentioned is uh, both of us are, are a little... I mean, you said I'm, I've got a lot of books, but both of us are a little slow at getting our books out. So we were like, Hey, if we bounce ideas off each other and like, if we each write a chapter that we can go a little faster and kind of share our crazy ideas. So, um, that's also been fun, you know, interacting with readers, but interacting with their other authors is also fun. Yeah. I enjoy that too. And I've so missed all of that with missing last year and all the cons. So I'm I like, no putting things on my calendar for next year slowly but surely so yeah yeah I signed up for PenCon last year and it's been pushed to next year so I'm I'm counting down the days until I get to hang out at a, a nerdy book con again <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm going to PenCon in 2023 <laughs> oh okay <laughs> two more years oh <laughs> uh, it's so hard to think that far ahead but then it's also so exciting to just have something to look forward to <laughs> it is and I found a book con in South Dakota that's only six hours away from me so I'm going to that one next June oh cool that is wild deadwood reads so that okay. sounds pretty cool and then there's utopia con I don't know if you've ever heard of that one in Nashville oh yeah are you that going was my, there next year? I'm not, but that was my first con. So that was my first experience at a book con. I did not know what to expect. And it was so much fun. It was oh, really cool. great. I'm sure you'll have a great there. time. I don't know if we were there the same years or not. So, yeah. I can't even remember. It was a little while ago. Yeah. I, I get so confused about what, you, what year I did. <laughs> I don't even know what year it is. I know now. I went in 2015. And then I think I either went in 16 or 17. I went, I must have gone to 15 and 16. Yeah. So that was a while back, but yeah. Okay. I think I was there 16. So I might've seen you without knowing Maybe it. So. <laughs> That's funny. It's this is such world. a small world. It's so much fun. Yeah. Okay. Last thing. What do you want to tell your reader or my listeners, I guess? <laughs> <Our listeners>. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say you can find me on lvcarter.com and all of my social media accounts. And please come check me out. Talk to me. I'm very friendly. I promise I'll answer. Um, I answer any email that I get. I I try to encourage my newsletter subscribers to respond to all of them. And I respond back maybe a little slowly, but eventually. Um, And I would say all of my books are free in Kindle Unlimited. So you can check me out and decide if you like them or not. And 
I'm working on a new series. So there will be more on that coming soon. So yeah. <laughs> That's super exciting. I will vouch for her. She's totally nice, <laughs> even in person. <laughs> Ooh, that's good. <laughs> she never mean to me. She never hurt my feelings. <laughs> Important aspects. <laughs> right. And you, you said you did have a free download with your newsletter sign up. So that's I do. Yes. Yes. So yes. Everyone, all... yes. Everyone can try out that free one and uh, see if you like the Lone Soul series. Yeah. Right. And all your links. And your bio will be in the description of the podcast so people can find you. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. It was great to chat with you. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me. It's a really fun podcast. I'm glad to be a part of it. Thanks. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye. What fun talking to LB about how she weaves her science background into her fantasies. You can find LB at lbcarter.com, Linktree, LB Carter Author, or your favorite social media. Join her email group to get a free short story. Find the links in the podcast description. Until next time, happy listening.